Welcome to No More Mondays, the podcast that helps you navigate career challenges through the wisdom of professionals who have been at the same crossroads. I'm your host, Angie Callen, and I welcome you to join me each week as I chat with leaders, entrepreneurs, and employees who are here to share their practical, tactical advice and some inspiration on how they arrived at career and life satisfaction. From job searching and career changes to going out on your own, we are breaking down barriers and providing actionable takeaways to help you take charge of your Mondays and ditch those Sunday blues. Welcome to No More Mondays. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of No More Mondays. As if you might be able to hear, I'm already kind of laughing and in a good mood, so this is going to be a good one. Uh, as always, I am your host, Angie Callen, and I'm going to ask you a question, as I usually do at the beginning of these shows. The hook today, how's your team morale over there? How are your people? Whether you are an employee, an employer, or a business owner, at some point in your career path, you're going to have to deal with people. Whether it's staff, freelancers, contractors, or an actual team whose performance you're responsible for, people can mean problems no matter how they're in your life, but they don't necessarily have to. And today... We welcome Scott Warwick to the show to talk about exactly that. He is a best-selling author, speaker, practicing employment law attorney, and an HR professional. He's got more experience and knowledge in his little finger than I'll ever have. He also has more baseball paraphernalia hanging on his wall that would make my dad so jealous. However, we are going to talk to Scott about how he uses his diverse background to help organizations get to where they want to be by embracing employee engagement and culture and solving people problems before they even start. He's a master in conflict resolution. He's a white guy who's figured out how to build tolerance for other human beings. And he understands how we can heal our brains by rewiring our own mental health. I just don't even know where to start with this guy, but let's go with it and see what happens. He's one of business first 20 people to know in HR, and I am super lucky to have him as my captive audience today. Help me welcome to the show, Scott Warwick. Scott, welcome to No More Mondays. Hey, thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Actually, we've had a good time before we even get started. Probably should have started recording 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of that. We, yeah. were, cha- we were chatting baseball. Yeah. We were chatting both from Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rust Belt. We had all kinds of good, good stuff happening. You betcha. Uh, but, but now we're capturing, let's say, the stuff that everybody else out there cares about outside of just you and me. So there are a lot of different angles, and I have a feeling we're going to dig into some good nooks and crannies. Uh, so let's just start with giving everybody a little bit more backstory to kind of set up these various topics we're going to get into. Tell everybody a little bit about you, what you do, give us your Reader's Digest version. Okay, real quick, my whole life is basically one mistake after another. And I mean, I'll tell you, one of my favorite authors of all time, actually picked as one of the best books ever written is Man's Search for Meaning. A guy by the name of Viktor Frankl, who was a psychologist who was in Dachau and lived for years in there. And when he got out, he wrote this book, Man's Search for Meaning, and he said that I could always find strength and I could always find a way to get through anything as long as I could see the meaning in it. Like, why is this happening to me? What can I show? And that's motivation. And so <clears throat> I, uh, I, I've been in human resources for 40 years. I have been a practicing employment attorney for 27 of those years. I've got my own practice and I work with companies to try to raise morale and make things better. And what really has spearheaded my practice by pure accident is that my oldest son was born in 1993. Now, that was back in the Stone Age of neuroscience. 
and he was born with autism. Took us years to get him diagnosed. And when we did get him diagnosed, we were going to our $500 an hour, high price, didn't take insurance psychiatrists, board certified. And so they were all telling us, this is just the way he's wired. Uh, he might not go to high school. He might not be mainstreamed. And he probably isn't going to go to college. It's just the way he was born. Well, I started doing my own research, and that was back in 2001, 2002, 2003, 2004, and 2005. And I discovered everything that my high-priced psychiatrists were telling me was wrong. You, the brain grows 100,000 new neurons in your brain every month, baby stem cells. You can grow 10 to 100 connections. You can grow a million new connections in your brain every month if you take care of it. But if you work with a bunch of bullies or what I refer to as trolls, all right, uh, you got to you got to coach, coach, warn and get rid of the trolls. They will kill 85,000 brain cells a day. So I started learning all this, went to the Amen clinics. Some of your audience might be familiar with Dr. Daniel Amen. He's on PBS quite a bit. That's who I work with. We got Michael's brain scanned in 2006 and it was a mess. Uh, blood flow issues, hot spots that are just on fire. And so we started new diet, water, therapies, took him back in 2008, and his brain had been rewired about 15%, 15% better. At the same time, my wife told me, oh, while we're there, you're getting a scan. And I said, no, I don't need a scan. We're here for Michael. She goes, oh, no, you're nuts. I don't want to know that much about my own brain. Oh, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I thought I was normal. I thought everybody. Well, we all like think this. we're normal. That's right. Because when you're in a you know house of mirrors, that everything looks fine. So what did you find out from that scan? I had raging. Well, six hours of intake and, and the scans. Oh, you could see it right there as big as God. Raging post-traumatic stress disorder. My, my brain was severely damaged from years of abuse Make a long story short, we both got on our horse, uh, changed our diet. I fired clients who were not worth the cortisol and adrenaline. In 2020, Michael's brain had been rewired about 75%. Actually, he graduated from the Ohio State University with honors and went on to graduate from Roosevelt University with his master's degree with a 3.91 grade point average. Now, here's a kid with autism that I took up by the Buckingham Fountain and left him there in the middle of Chicago, and he thrived. My brain in 2020 is about 85% cured. And I'll tell you, that's my gospel right now. So it sounds like, yeah, we got to have good morale. Yeah, we got to deal with the bullies. Your number one health threat, worse than smoking, is working with a bully. They will kill you, and they will damage your brain first. Your brain is the first organ to be destroyed. So, oh, I love getting on here and preaching the gospel of brain health because people have no idea. And we, we take our psychiatric meds, which I applaud that, but we keep treating our brains like soccer balls. And then eventually those psychiatric meds that used to work, you know, four or five month, years later, they don't work anymore. Got to up the dose because you've been treating your brain like a, like a pinata. And eventually they won't work anymore. And let me clue you in, that massive amount of cortisol and adrenaline that you get flooded from bullies causes Alzheimer's. 
there's there's the entire episode in a nutshell right there. Welcome there's, to my life. Because there's several there's several key points in here I want to call out. And yeah. in a way, I appreciate the like scientific backing mm-hmm. of things I tell people, common themes we see on this podcast. Uh, I would say new information that has come to light around kind of corporate culture and mental health and that is creating safe workspaces yeah. because uh, I have a, I actually own the website careerptsd.com. Just going to let you know that because oh. it is a thing. And I feel like we don't give it uh, a voice enough and recognize that you go to work, you do your job, whether it's a business you own, whether it is a company you lead for somebody else, or whether you are a mm-hmm. cog in the wheel, mm-hmm. you do your job more than you do anything else in your life, including sleep. Yes. Yes. And if that is an unhealthy environment, it is worse than not sleeping. And it is a huge component to kind of our overall well-being. Uh, I'll throw I'll throw a book rack in here too. Yeah. Uh I'm a big I'm a big Gallup fan and Strengths Finders, obviously. Yeah. But there's a there's another kind of book uh uh book series that Gallup has called Well Being. Okay. And it's the five pill it's the five pillars to your overall well being of which career is one. And when I read this four or five years ago, started thinking about my own experiences in toxic work environments and being bullied by my boss. By the way, everybody, you can't see Scott, but he's got a little, and this is this is just an, a nod to my 80s upbringing. Yeah. He's got a little orange-haired troll pin on his lapel. And when I asked him about it before we came on, he goes, those are the bullies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you smack them. But, the, but when, I, when I started thinking about my own experience, you know, being... I mean, I used to have this boss when I worked in, in construction that would call me at 6 a.m. and leave me voicemails on my on my office line because that was before we all had cell phones. <laughs> what are you doing working bankers hours? And he had a thick Boston accent. So it, in hindsight, it makes it hilarious. But just the all of those kinds of things do build up trauma. And it's just like any relationship where you begin to build triggers and mechanisms to either cope or react to those kinds of things, just like you would in a personal relationship. Oh, 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 yes. And, and and I'll tell you, you hit so many things right on the head there. And let me just make sure that your audience and everybody is on the same page. And, and, and understand, I'm an HR guy and I'm a researcher. I mean, it's kind of funny when I work on different legal teams for trials or something like this, I always get the research stuff because if it's there, I'll find it. I'm just one of those nerdy little guys. Everything I say, I can enter into evidence in court. I've got citations, I've got data, so I will never make anything up, believe me. If your car won't start, that will get your gut going. That's releasing massive amounts of adrenaline and cortisol. If you lose your phone, oh my God, we'd rather lose a kidney than a phone, right? I mean, that's- Well, that's like losing a hand, right? It's glued to it. Yeah, but you see, your body knows that your phone in your car won't kill you. Your body knows- that that human is dangerous. And if you go back to Fred Flintstone time, then, oh my God, uh, humans are seven times more homicidal than any other mammal on the planet. So your gut is going to release three times that cortisol and adrenaline. Now think about that. That's gasoline. 20% of all of that is going to go to only 2% of your body weight, which is your brain. And your brain feels like soft room temperature butter. So I will tell you what you've just described is why most people, seven, according to Gallup polls, 75-ish, 80% of all Americans are miserable. Miserable. Work. Yeah. In our uh, in the recent recent events of late of days, 
of 2020 to 23, which I'm no longer giving name to. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. There was a statistic out there that, yes, that 70% of people are not satisfied with work. But but during that period of time we recently just experienced, mm. there was a statistic floating around that 40% of people wouldn't wish their job on their worst enemy. Yeah. Which is effectively like, hi, I would rather like kill myself than do this job, but we do it. Yeah. And and I what I appreciate about you is you're trying to help people rewire their thinking, create new habits and and seek out and create cultures that break this cycle. And yeah. so I'm curious I and I love how you brought up that idea of like your intersection of law, research mm-hmm. and fact that can hold up in court with like colliding in this world of HR and corporate culture. And so I'm curious how how all of that and this these mental health realizations and your life experiences that kind of triggered all that have, you know, have kind of defined or uh, created your perspective on what we can do in corporate culture to help this ecosystem. Thank you. That is absolutely perfect. And let me tell you right now, um, I've been an HR guy for actually 41 years and I've been teaching tolerance, which means I'm not going to pick on someone just because they're different. OK, I'm not going to pick on you because we disagree. OK, now picture our society today. Let's say we're all going to sit down and, you know, take a dart and a map of the United States, throw a dart, hit anywhere in the country. And that's the lunchroom we're going to go into. And we're going to bring in free pizza and Dairy Queen desserts or something everybody's going to love. And we're going to have a good, honest, intellectual discussion about abortion. OK, now. I always love this because this this is how I went there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to get a spork in the head. Someone is going to attack you. And and understand, it's going to be someone from the far, 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 far right, like a skinhead, who's going to hit you with a coffee cup. Or just as bad as going to be someone from the far, 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 far left who's going to attack you and cancel you. No, you have a right to your opinion. And here's where I get my buy in. And understand, this is your brain health safety program. This is your harassment and bullying program, which everybody in this country is required to do. I'm going to put it this way. If you don't do it, if you don't do your harassment training and someone is harassing somebody else and you're an employer, you're going to be darn sorry. (laughs) You're going to get religion quick. This is your diversity program. So guess what? If you live in an intolerant workplace where you're getting bullied by trolls, that you are going to burn your brain like me and like 30% of all Americans who have active post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, really get this. This is the same thing that our soldiers got over in the war in Kandahar. Come back. Four times more soldiers are killing themselves at home than got killed in battle. It is safe. Now, get this, the brain. It's safer to, for our soldiers to run into battle than to sit at home with a gun in the afternoon. And that's what's happening to corporate America. And I will tell you right now, I'm a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant straight male. And I go all over the country because I'll tell you, I scared the bejeebies out of you. People change because it's pleasurable. Like if we discovered Godiva chocolate made your heart better and cured cancer, Whoa, everybody beating it. I'm in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that's that's an easy fix versus a systemic culture shift that is harder and takes more time. Right. Right. Absolutely. And I'll tell you right now, have you ever noticed that the mall go to any mall in this country? Look at the walkers. A lot of them are heart attack victims. 
they've seen the light. Your brain's the same way. So when I go in, it's it's kind of funny. I just finished with a group out in uh, actually Nevada, Las Vegas. Now you want to go train someplace. Las Vegas is a fun place to go. Okay. It's all fake. Okay. So I'm teaching these, these, these workers. Okay. They're all hospitality workers, horrible environment. And I looked at the psychiatric meds, 94% of everybody in that organization is on psychiatric meds. So I'm coming back and that's normal. I mean, the norm is like 80, 85%. So I came in and I said, all right, how many people in here want to, to uh, attempt suicide? How many people want to get Alzheimer's? If you don't do what I'm talking about, and I mean, you've got to change the way you treat each other. You've got to change the way. Now we're back to conflict resolution. It's okay. Emotional intelligence and I have this baseball diamond that I use as a diagram, very simple. First base is emotional intelligence. You got to control your ego and emotions. And if you got a damaged brain, you can't do that. So we got to fix that brain. And there's all kinds of things. Water, I teach people, you got to drink half your weight in ounces in water every day. You got to meditate. And here's what this does in your brain. When you work with good people who are supportive, have, have you ever, and think of your listeners, have they ever come to work and the day just shot by? It was, it was like a, it was wonderful. It was, it was, you know, really challenging, but I loved it. We call that the flow. Guy from University of Chicago, Mikhail Csikszentmihalyi, took me a long term to, time to learn how to say that, Csikszentmihalyi, came up with this theory. What you're doing is you're actually releasing all these used stress, chem good stress chemicals that knock the bad stress chemicals out. You heal your brain. And so we talk about emotional intelligence. Second base is addressing and resolving conflict. And very simple process I use called EPR, empathic listening, parroting, and rewards. And so you see, it's how we address conflict because you will have conflict every 10 minutes in an organization. But can I control myself, not hit you with a copy cup? Understand that tolerance is mandatory here. I'll tell you, I will fire somebody faster for bullying somebody else and attacking them or talking about them behind their back than smoking in the office. Because smoking, smoking, if you smoke, that has a mortality factor of 1.6, which means in English, it means you've increased your chance of premature death by 60%. 60%. Yeah. If you work with a bully, you've doubled your chance of premature death and you will get Alzheimer's. 100%, 100%. everyone versus yeah. 60. Yes, yes, absolutely. That is that is significant. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah. can we hold you on second base for a second yeah. while we do a picture change? You go right ahead. So the fact that, by the way, I don't know how much I ever talk about baseball in here, but mm -hmm. my, my uh, I grew up in a baseball lover's house. So when I saw Scott have all the baseball yeah. stuff. We started chatting about it. I love that you have a baseball analogy and framework in your uh, oh, thing. It. So I can't help but, you know, throw that in a little bit. Yeah. Where So have you seen a bigger awareness around this kind of, let's say, mental health in the workspace oh. thing? So over the last 40 to 41 years, oh. how have you seen this all evolve and become <laughs> a little bit in the forefront? Because because I, I believe it is, but I'd be curious for somebody who works in this space so intently to kind of Give me, give me your observations in that. It, you, I'll tell you, that's another one. That's a whole great discussion because it's like we don't even live in the same country anymore. 
All right. Now I started now really is going to, I'm 62 and a half years old. I feel like I'm 22, but what the heck? You don't look like you're 62 and a half. Well, thank you. Tell my wife. And I really mean that. I'm not just saying that as a compliment, but it's giving everybody out there a visual in this audio conversation. I I feel young. I love coming to work. I love doing this because I'm helping people. Okay. And when I started in human resources, it was the dark ages. I had a boss once. He was president of this bank. He spanked an employee once spanked her, put her over and not in a good way. Okay. Remy really wailed on her because she did something wrong. Sexual and illegal harassment in a lot of part of this country was legal in 1983, 84 and 85. We didn't get it everywhere till 96 or till 86. Now, mental health was non. we didn't care. Okay. Uh, now, just within the last 10, and this comes from SHRM, Society for Human Resource Managers, the number of employees who don't want but demand wellness programs is 77%. And that's double from what it was just 10 years ago from 2013. That's really fast growth in a short amount of time. Because everybody's on psychiatric medications. We were at critical mass. The American Psychological Association said we were at critical mass in the first quarter of 2020. Then we had germs. That thing happened. happened, Yeah. (laughs) And it pushed everybody over the edge. And I will tell you, it's really interesting because this is your recruitment retention. I'll tell you right now, if you do not have a safe environment, more of the Gen Yers and Gen Zers who are making up the bulk of our hiring right now under the age of 30, they will spend more time Googling your culture than your pay scales. I was actually curious. I was going to ask you, I wanted to bring the generational yeah. piece into this discussion because I think it's fascinating. Yeah. But I also think it's a big reason that the trends have, the, the change in the trends has escalated and sped up and it's because they're forcing it to. Oh, you are so right. And let me just give you the demographics here. The, I mean, I've fought the baby boomers all my life. I'm just right on the edge of them. They're ahead of me. They had all the good jobs. I had to go get three college degrees to compete because, I mean, I was always behind the ball. Uh, It's not like I wanted to go back to school again, but, you know, you had to. They are now retiring or dying. And there are not enough under 30s coming in to make up for that. So as of right now in the United States, from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there are 1.7 jobs for every unemployed person. Now, do the math. Some of your folks out there who are running businesses in five years, they won't be there. These people will not work for you. And if you do this 1980s and Gallup poll, I love Gallup. They came back and said, the way we manage people is 40 years out of date. They got to do the emotional intelligence. You got to do the proper conflict resolution. You got to create safe environments. It's safe to disagree. It's okay. And if you don't do that, I mean, I got, I mean, I'll tell you, I had a, a, a nurse working for a hospital over in Missouri and she was a contract nurse. I mean, first of all, you're going to be a contract nurse. You got to compete with Miami. Who in the heck is going to want to go to Missouri when you can go to the beach? Okay, and the beach at the Mississippi River is not the same thing. Okay, so uh, she was making two hundred and fifty dollars an hour to come in just to get her. And at the end of her shift, she told her supervisor to go to hell and quit. That annualized. That is a half a million dollar a year job, and I can tell you. Within a week, she was down in Houston making more. So I'll tell you, it's not what you pay them. It's how you treat them. And I've heard this all the time. I am not going to be on 
antidepressants like my mom and dad. So get with the ball game, folks. Oh, back to the ball game. Rain delay is almost over, everyone. <sighs> so I am like you, but at the next generational cusp. So I'm 42 and a half. Yeah. I was born in 1980. I, by definition, I think I am a zenial of the Star Wars generation, born in a very unique six-year period yeah. that is is more distinct than many other like generational cuspers. Uh, but it's just so interesting that I was raised by young, younger, like slightly younger baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still that, but also in a place in the, in the country that I would say geographically was slightly behind the times. So, uh, slower, slower rollout of technology. Dad was a teacher in the same school district. My grandfather worked in the, so it was still that very traditional thinking of you just go to work to pay the bills and then die and all. And and that is what I think all of these different generations, these, these newer generations have, are, are kind of more aware of some of these things, they want more satisfying, aligned uh, career paths. They mm-hmm. know they don't have to do the same thing forever. And I think it's interesting when we think about like the statistics of that 1.7 uh, jobs per person, there's a disparity there. And that's why from a from a company and an owner and a hiring manager perspective, we've got to make sure we're keeping up because, yeah, if you're out there, anybody who's listening and they're job seeking, they're go, yeah. Based on how hard it is for me to get a new job right now, that's crap, right? That one point seven, but it's it's not it's an apples and oranges situation. That the one point there aren't one point seven oranges out there looking for the one point seven apples that exist, and that's where this whole shift needs to continue. Right, right. Don't assume that all of those people who are on the unemployed ranks are looking. Yeah. 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 Because a lot of people left. Well, a lot of people left the workforce, both like you said, age, older baby boomers Mm -hmm. finally decided to phase out, especially in the 20 to 2020 to 23 changes. Um, And then stay at home parents, people starting businesses, you get into the qualifications. So there's Mm -hmm. there's a lot of reasons for that disparity. But as we pick up our ball game, we can we can continue giving this advice and this recommendation or this framework on how you can get ahead of this game right? right so right. we we uh we singled the first yeah. with uh with our eq yeah uh stole second yeah. with conflict resolution how do we like now bring it home okay. so what are, so what's the rest of that that thought process as you know we're intentional about this culture building right. stuff and, and and understand uh all of this you you should not have a diversity program a harassment program a bullying program a safety for wellness program. they should all be one program it should all be your culture. And so, okay, you and I have a conflict. I sit down, use my EPR skills. So I would say, well, tell me where you're coming from. And then I shut up and I listen from where you're, now I'm 20 years older than you. Okay. I was graduating college or so when you were born, we see things different. Okay. So I got to twist my head and I got to listen, but then I got to P. EP. I got to parrot it back. And if you agree with me, we move on. Now, if I disagree with you, there's the reward. I'm going to thank you for disagreeing with me. I'm going to say, I see where you're coming from and you got a right to your beliefs. I'll defend the way that you think. Here's what I think. Now, you see what I've done is I have disagreed with you. I've shown you it's safe. I get to steal third base. Third base means trust. It's safe. And I can tell you right now, if it, and what's home? That's team building. Everybody's focused on the same goals. You kind of see our team building falls apart with no trust. 
And we have, and I'll tell you, we got Cro-Magnums and Neanderthals as supervisors. And they just don't know what they're doing. And so they attack. They stab you in the back, fight or flight. Okay. And there's no hope for trust. There's no hope for retention. Those employers that stress emotional intelligence, EPR, conflict resolution, you get to third base automatically because you've built trust. I've shown you it's safe. Then I go home and that's where I get everybody focused on the common goals. I've just described to you some great organizations. I mean, like Southwest Airlines. Okay. Now understand Southwest Airlines. They're the only airline that is always in Glassdoor and they're always in the top 10. And mm-hmm. they have an employee satisfaction rate of anywhere between 84% and six and uh, 84 and 86%. Now, I always love this because someone goes, oh my gosh, 80, you mean like 15% of their employees aren't happy there? Yeah. Think about it. That's fantastic. 70% of the workforce is unhappy. That what? statistic is astronomically high. It sounds like it, but think there's no, if you gave a thousand dollar bonus to everybody who works for you, You'd have five to ten percent complain you took out too much in tax. They're, they they would boo yep. a home run because now there's nobody on base. So and then you'd have another five to ten percent who told you you didn't give a big enough bonus. That's right. That's you can't right. please all of the people all the time. So we're talking the most successful airline out there. And I always I'm real sarcastic. I go back to my clients and say, Oh my gosh, what would you do if eighty five percent of your people loved you? What would you do? And so we always say, well, we need to get that in the 90s. You aren't going to do that, even if you're giving away. Yeah, so it's about realistic expectations, too. No, no. But look at the momentum you got. Those are truly great companies because you've got momentum. And I tell you, if somebody lights up a cigarette, somebody's going to speak up because that's the culture. In these other organizations, you get somebody who's a bully. They're going to speak up because, hey, this is my organization and this is does not fit our culture. Yep. Well, and so there's two points that came out of this yeah. that I want to talk about. You brought up the uh, this idea and how important it is to have tolerance and empathy in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And I think I think the world needs more tolerance and empathy because we have very much moved into these extreme poles yeah. of like your right left your right left example earlier mm-hmm. social media perpetuates that right you can go find any answer to any question or any situation that you want and it'll perpetuate that self bias yeah. and i think that we we could all live in the middle much happier and that's where this like tolerance and empathy comes in so i want to talk about that yeah but i'm going to just add the second piece and we can just go which is we've talked a lot about how from a company and leader perspective we approach these bases in this game, but I want to talk about tolerance and empathy and how as an individual within mm-hmm. that framework, you also support the whole 360 effort. Yeah, you, you, and I'm going to tell you, this is exactly it. Like, here's what we're going to do at ABC company. Okay. You got to do, go develop those individual people because what's happening in society right now is going to destroy us all. Quite frankly, it's going to destroy us all. And you're going to see more psychiatric medications and more psychiatric medications not working. Now, I need to develop and I work with a lot of companies on this. It's like, okay, we need to have this strategic plan. Okay, great. What are you doing at the grassroots level with each and every person? You got to develop each person like as if this is a million dollar draft pick because it's the biggest part of your budget. These are the people who are actually going to do the work and you might not be able to face them. 
Human capital is your biggest investment and typically the last line paid attention to on the P&L. Absolutely. And and it's kind of funny because I'll get this from CFOs all the time. Well, you know, we pay them. Why can't they just come in and do their job? Because you're dealing with the human animal, the most fickle, the most emotional, the most dangerous animal on the planet. So have you met them? We're people. We're human. So empathy. Okay. I, you cannot separate empathy from tolerance. And let me just make a distinction here. I get a lot of feedback for this. It's like, oh, no, you have to be accepting of somebody's differences. Now, let's think about this. Tolerance means I'm not going to pick on you because you're different. It's your behavior. This is required by the EEOC in your training. If you, first of all, if you're not training your people in harassment, anti-harassment, you you are you're really licking the outlet. It's going to get you one day and you're going to be liable. That's what they require your training to be. Second, the United States Supreme Court requires this in the Bostic decision that we got three years ago that gave us gender identity and sexual orientation. So think about this. Now, let me just give you a good one for tolerance versus acceptance. In Amish country, way up in Ohio, Amish country, I had a young woman break away from the Amish. She was working for an Amish company and she turned Satanist. Now picture this. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. That is that is about as ext- uh, for for those of us who grew up in proximity oh, to yeah. Amish country, we understand how extreme that is, but it's I mean, it's basically, I mean, do we say an evangelical somebody who grew up in yeah. evangelical, you know, Southern Baptist home now becomes an atheist? Yeah. It, it, it's it's probably even more severe than that. Oh, you're that far from stoning. Oh, yeah. It's extreme. Yeah. yeah. So, it was the I mean, literally hell was breaking loose. And so this woman was bringing her satanic Bible in to read it when these other women are reading their Bible. So I drove all the way up. Now, first base, I got his case take home. Highly emotional, highly tense situation. So I sit down and use my EPR skills. Now think of the tolerance. Tell me what's happening with the Satanist. And they explain everything to me about how they're being bullied. Bullies always say they're being bullied. They always say that, okay? Well, we're being bullied because we have to work with a Satanist and she has to go. Okay, so I repeat it back and I say, all right, let me make sure I got this. You're saying that you're the one who's being bullied because she's a Satanist and you're a Christian organization and good Christian ladies and you're being offended, you're being bullied. And they say, yes. Okay, and if they said no, you tell me again. Okay, now, if I come back and I say, you're right, we should get some wooden burner now. That's what we should do. I'd be a hero, but I'm not going to say that. So I now think about it. If I tell these Amish ladies, they have to be accepting of her satanic beliefs. Oh, oh, it's like hitting Bozo, that punching. Revolt. Man. Oh, I'll get a revolt. You're going to get revolt. They'll stone yeah. me. They'll stone yeah. me right there. Yeah. But I say, I see. I give them a reward. Now, here's a great one. Do they have a right to their belief? Yeah, right? But so does the other person. And I feel like that's what we miss. And this is, we are getting into the philosophical what is wrong with the world and we're going to solve it because that is the crux of all of it, Mm -hmm. whether it's social or professional interactions. Oh, you're so right. Now think of the grassroots down here. I say, I see where you're coming from and you've got a right to believe that. I will defend to the death 
your right to your beliefs. This is still America, at least for the rest of the day. This is still America, and you got a right to your beliefs. But let me clue you in here. She has a right to her beliefs here. Are you making it safe? That's third base. Are you making it safe for her? And they go, well, we don't want to make it safe. She has to leave. And I say, no, I would never tell you what to believe. And you can't tell her what to believe. And I got news for you. She's going to sue you. You live in a state where there's personal liability. She isn't Amish anymore. She has recorded what you've said. She's going to sue you and she's going to take your house. I am not here to hurt you. I'm here to help you. And this one woman, she goes, well, yeah, but she's but she's going to burn in hell. She's going to burn in hell. And I said, I know that's what she's shooting for. And uh, and we had and I'll tell you this is this right there. You talk about the crux of it. It never dawned on these ladies that their behavior would be different than their beliefs. That's most of America. If I don't if you, I disagree with you on abortion or immigration, I have a right and a duty to attack you. No, you can disagree. That's acceptance. You can disagree, but I'm going to control your behavior. You are not going to attack somebody. And I'll tell you, someone to the far, 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 far radical right will go 180 degrees, and someone to the far, far, far radical left will go 180 degrees, and they meet in the middle and become the same. We had a great conversation. Actually, the owner stuck his head in because I think she she thought that they were doing me harm. Is everything okay in here? I was in here with him for an hour. <laughs> we had a wonderful conversation about beliefs and tolerance and religion. And they, I go back up every so often now and they make me muffins. Uh, oh, that's why people go to Amish country, man. And I'm going to tell you right now, Amish baked goods. Oh, yeah. Worth, worth it all. Oh, yeah. In the Amish dry goods store. Yes, yes. So, I used to go to Sugar Creek when I was a kid. Sugar Creek, yeah. They made the doors yep. for my And Walnut uncle. Creek. Yeah. But, but that's... Yep. Isn't that simple? But honestly, when I have these conversations with employees, it is a revelation that you mean I shouldn't attack somebody because they morally offend me? No. No. Why does it? Why, so and I love that, that. I feel like we just got to the message here. And it is we complicate things. Humans, yeah. com- very complicated organism that doesn't mm-hmm. need to be complicated. And and uh, these situations, we force them to become more complicated than they need to be because we're unwilling to go the 180 mm-hmm. when how easy is it is just to respect that we have different views. But yeah. as individuals, we're going to bring the tolerance for those different views, maybe even try to be empathetic to it to understand your point of view mm-hmm. so that we can create and support the ecosystem that hopefully from the top down Mm -hmm. has those same fundamentals. And that is that whole like 360. Everybody is, is, is on, everybody's on the same page, even everybody's in the same book, even if they might be on a different page, but they're willing to live in that book. And you hit it just right. The ecosystem, the ecosystem of the world right now is to attack. I like to put biospheres, around all of my clients and say, this is how we operate here. And if you don't do it, you will get Alzheimer's. You will destroy your brain. If you act like a regular American, you will destroy your brain. And it's it's the first organ to be damaged. If you haven't- And it's not worth it. Oh, it's not. It's not. From someone who had raging post-traumatic stress disorder, who thought every day it was normal to think about whether or not you'd kill yourself. That is not normal. 
and you don't want that. You, you, I've been there, man. You do not want to go where I was. And my whole thing is, okay, if you don't agree with the philosophical difference, if you still think you should attack somebody, then think of the neurology of it. And honestly, you are committing suicide. You're smoking one and a half cigarettes every time you do that. Well, and you, you, at the, you started off the show. Haha, <laughs> I love when things come full yeah, circle. <laughs> you started off the show with, with some of these statistics, even in your own life, you yeah. and Mike about being able to heal your brain. Yeah. So maybe whether you're in this environment now, if you're in it, yeah. you, you have, you have the ability to change by getting out of it. Yeah. However, if you, if, it, if, if you all have been, ha- have been uh, conditioned through professional trauma now you've got some rewiring to do. Yes. So how do you, how does someone fix this Great. for themselves individually? Right. That's the, honestly the, the first half of the healing the human brain book. I talk about what did it to me kind of and how I came about how Michael was born, how these scans work. You don't necessarily need a nuclear spec scan. The second half of the book is all about our programs. It's not any one thing. And, and the whole thing is. I'm trying to get as many eustress chemicals into my body as I can that will knock out the distress chemicals. And distress chemicals are massive amounts of adrenaline and cortisol. So what do I do? Eat a proper diet. 25% of all of our meals in America come from fast food. It would, And I am not kidding. I'm not being uh, hyperbolic. It would be better for you to eat the bag in the box. If someone has not seen Super Size Me, you got to see this. That is. You got to see that. Oh, my God. I'm still disturbed by it. No offense to McDonald's. Can't tell you the last time That's I've okay. been there. It's okay. I'm still Dude. shocked it's at how okay. many cars are in the drive through. And we live in like a little resort town in Colorado where people generally are, are healthy. Yeah. And I am still shocked at how many cars are in that drive through at like in the off chance I'm actually out driving and not asleep at 930 at night. Yeah. Right. I'm still shocked. Yeah. Kind of by that. No, that's amazing. Uh, but but it's a ama- food. So first of all, I, there's a couple points I want to make that are that are like your gut tells you way more than we listen to. Yeah. And if you feed it well, it can change your overall well being. So that's mm-hmm. a good first. That's a that is a huge first. Right. How do you take charge of this kind of healing and rewiring? Right. What else? What other steps can we take? Good one is you got to get hobbies that you relax. That minus photography. I love watching sports, gardening, and I just got a new patch. Uh, I love this patch. Uh, it's it, it's gardening because it's better than murder. Well, <laughs> that is so true. And so I got to tell you, Scott, I got to tell you that. So for every this, I hope this makes this needs to stay in the cut. Everybody <laughs> out there knows Jim. My husband is our producer and he's on the other end of the house. Yeah. I am wearing noise kids like headphones and I just heard him laugh out loud. OK, good, good, <laughs> good. I love my that's a good one. Yeah. I have a feeling a patch that's because he's a gardener, too. Oh, yeah. I have a feeling that patch is going to be arriving in our oh. mailbox quite soon. That's but hobbies. Yeah. Outlets. Oh, yeah. Outlets to turn off your brain. Yeah. Give you something else constructive to do yeah, are yeah. amazing. Walking, exercise, walking, meditation. And I will tell you that all oh, that's nice and fuzzy, feel good. No, our Navy SEALs are doing meditational techniques. And it increased the pass rate for the Navy SEALs from 25% to 32, 33%. And what you're doing is you are actually building up the connections in your frontal lobes to give you better control. And actually the connections that exist between your frontal lobes, your control, and your fight or flight response and your emotional system to give you more control. 
okay? Uh, uh, cookout, hang out with good people. All of these things you've got, and here's one some everybody can start doing right now, right now. Drink half your weight in ounces in water every day. Every day. Your brain is mostly water and you're flushing it. You're flushing the adrenaline and cortisol out, okay? All of these different, get a massage once a month, a real massage. And it, it, it releases all of these eustress chemicals. And you know that, because think about this. Any of your people who have ever had a massage, let's say they're pulling out and they feel so good. They're going to pull out and someone almost hits their front end and cuts them off. Well, ordinarily we and be enraged, use some hand signals, all kinds of stuff. But someone hits us or almost hits us after a massage. We're like, eh, you missed. It's okay. Thou, those are those eustress chemicals. All of these things, lifestyle, all these things that I talk about. And I've got them posted on my website of videos for free because I think if people don't like to read, they can always watch a video because they learn how to heal their brain. That's your safety program. I've done four or five national safety uh, conferences in the last year. And I'm not what you expect. I'm not talking about your fingers and toes. I'm talking about teach your people how to care for their brain so they don't do stupid things later. Okay. But none of this is going to work. If you go to work every day and your gut clenches up over the thought of going in there, you're going to wipe out all that stuff. You absolutely have to work in an environment which you enjoy. And if you're a business leader, you change that environment. You don't let people smoke inside. Yes. Don't let them bully each other. And if your environment won't change, I will tell you right now, if, if somebody worked, if somebody smoked for 40 years, would you be surprised that they got lung cancer? Kind, kind of asked for it, right? That's why we know that cortisol causes Alzheimer's. So you work in a pit for 30, 40 years. Do not be surprised if you get Alzheimer's. OK, because you will have Alzheimer's cells in your brain. And there was a fantastic study a few years ago. And I show my brain. I, I none of your people out there listening probably have more Alzheimer's cells in their brain right now than me. But I'm here to tell you, I ain't getting Alzheimer's because I'm going to grow a million connections every month. I'm going to have the reserves that are stronger. There were these nuns that were wonderful, just like Betty White. And these people were wonderful sense of humor. They're just great. And then they died like we all do, and they performed autopsies on these nuns. They all had Alzheimer's, every single one of them. But they were not symptomatic because they built up so many reserves by the way they lived that it never became symptomatic. That's what I plan on doing, and that's what I'm telling my folks right now. But I'll tell you right now, if you work like a normal American in an environment that you hate, you're doomed. You're doing and you're cho you're choosing you're in. Yes. So and this is a little bit unfa unfair because some people don't have as much choice when it comes to career changes. Mm -hmm. However, in, in in most situations, it's a choice. And I think what, yeah. you know, Scott is doing and I think what we're trying to do here is kind of inspire and motivate you and tell you that you can choose differently. Yeah. And luckily, from a from a bigger perspective, corporate culture is starting to shift in that direction. Mm -hmm. And if we all play our small part in from the top down, changing the culture, individually supporting those cultures and making a move out of a culture, we don't have the ability to withstand everything shifts in the positive and we become healthier in 
all aspects of our yeah. well-being. Yeah. How's that for a summary of this conversation? No, you're absolutely right. And and I would advise anybody who hears this that is working in that type of environment, have the CEO, president, CFO, COO, listen to this, go learn about it, because once they get religion, the culture changes. Game changer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is a perfect point. I want to know, I want you to tell everybody about your books because this conversation is a great starting point. The books are great next level. And then you just call Scott and me after that. Right. So, so we'll, 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 we will, we will drip you into the religion, (laughs) Uh, but tell everybody a little bit about your books uh, because you have a few that kind of range the, the multiple topics that we have talked about. So what are they? How does everybody find them? Yeah. Well, first of all, everything, the books, my videos for free, everything, uh, are, are at scottwarwick.com, S-C-O-T-T-W-A-R-R-I-C-K. And I love it when people go and just learn. And, and, and you're right, we've hit on all the books because they are actu- it's actually a trilogy. They all fit together and they were published in order. The first one was Solve Employee Problems Before They Happen, and that's all about emotional intelligence and those EPR conflict resolution skills. The second book, is living the five skills of tolerance. And it's all about, I'm not going to pick on you because you're different. And I'm not going to tell you what to think. And that's for everyone, white, black, uh, Republican, Democrat. And if you don't do what's in the first two books, like most Americans, you really got to get the third book, which is healing the human brain because you've damaged your brain and now you got to fix it. And, And here's the logic. If you know what damages your brain, and honestly, the greatest threat to your brain is not what you eat, is not uh, uh, getting enough sleep, is not a lack of exercise. It's that other human sitting next to you. So if you know what damages your brain, you can fix it. And if you know how to take care of it with the things we've talked about, you will actually rewire your brain. A million connections a month. And I'll tell you, the most convincing thing when I do this presentation or when somebody reads the book, you compare my brain scan in 2008, which was a mess, to 2020, they're not recognizable. You would think it's It's like a different human. You created a different being for yourself. Oh, I'm a very different person uh, than when I had now than when I had raging post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, honestly, I will tell you if, if you don't have somebody in your life, like my wife that will tell you what's what you got to go rent somebody. You got to have somebody that's going to tell you, Hey, you're being a jerk. You're being, and that gets you back online. And that's the one thing in my coaching. I do a lot of coaching for people on emotional intelligence, And we always talk about healing the brain. Some are so bad. I've sent them for brain scans. 43 people in 10 years. They've all come back red hot. And they thought they were normal. So I've got a wealth of stuff at scottwarwick.com that I just love it when somebody, and I get, and let me know, I get people that read the book. I've got folks that have come back from getting their brain scans or have improved their lives. I love to hear those stories as to how the, the, They've improved. And I'm getting a lot of these from people with kids with autism. And the kids with autism are now mainstreamed. It's not a cure. Don't get me wrong. But you can now live as full of a life as possible because you rewired your brain. If we hadn't done this with Michael, okay, I couldn't have left him in the middle of Chicago by himself 
in the in mid twenties. Okay. Oh, he, he might be working at Burger King for the rest of his life. And now he has a master's degree. He has a master's degree and he is a behavioral special, uh, health specialist. Which is perfect because he's working in something that he literally oh. has empathy in. Oh, which yeah. Which is, I mean, oh, my gosh, that's going to start a whole different episode. Oh, yeah. yeah so. Yeah. He works with kids <laughs> with I, autism. I, yeah. Well, and th- I think the message here is you find your thing and, and, and you feed yourself mm-hmm. and – are intentional about where you put yourself yeah. and, and everything becomes healthier and you can heal and, and repair. And right. Scott has a million amazing resources. Mm-hmm. I love that you refer to the books as a trilogy because you can really see how they do. They follow your baseball diamond yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah. Uh, we're going to link to the website and a couple of the book recommendations that came, the additional book recommendations that we threw out yes, please. Uh, at no more and, you know, while Scott is still my captive audience, everybody, we're going to get one more piece of advice before we say goodbye for now, because I feel like I want to have seven more episodes with you. <laughs> However, as we kind of wrap things up, I'm going to give you a loaded question because I know I, I, I know you giving one piece of advice is going to be hard. But yeah. so I'm just going to say, what is your number one tip on what everybody out there can do to get one step closer to career and life satisfaction? And I'm going to add health. Health. Okay. What's your number one? Hang around as many good people as possible. There, the, 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 I'll tell you, uh, Harvard uh, uh, Medical Review just published uh, a study where these people are going to work. They're working in great environments. The release of these eustress chemicals like oxytocin, the happiness chemical, was, was flooding their body. Hanging around good people is therapy and that is that those eustress chemicals will knock out the bad chemicals, you know, act like a salve for your brain. It's, it's so healing. Why would you not want to hang around good people? Hang around with good people, eliminate the trolls. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's like whack-a-mole. Get rid of them. Oh yeah. There you go, everybody. Scott Warwick helping us change culture one brain at a time. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing all of these things with us. I think this is such an important message and an important foundational element of where we're at in in society and in, in corporate America. And in the whole No More Mondays movement, we're trying to help people be more satisfied, which means healthier. And I and I really appreciate your perspective on it, the research you've done on it, your approach to it, and the and and everything that you give people to to help. So thank you for being here and giving us your time and wisdom. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Scott is now officially part of the No More Mondays movement. I think he may have been the No More Mondays movement before I coined the term. But hey, we always love talking to people who have navigated their own career crossroads, improved their own health, and are helping others chart a path to success and fulfillment. And uh, there's some amazing words of wisdom here, everybody. And I particularly love the idea that listen to this episode get the books, engage resources if and when you need them, whether you're an individual trying to manage or get out of a situation or whether you are an individual who has an influence over what those situations can look like, right? You don't have to stay with the bullies and Scott and I are here to give you permission Mm -hmm. to make a change. So that's the message for today along with about 17 other really, really great themes. (laughs) And so if you enjoyed this episode, rate us and give us a five-star review because it is a huge help as we continue to inspire confident professionals 
with amazing stories and resources like Scott's got to offer. You can grab all of his stuff at nomoremondays.info. And I will see you next week for another edition of No More Mondays podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode of No More Mondays. Tune in next week as we bring you more insights and actions to help you improve your life and career. Don't forget, visit us online at nomoremondays.info to get all the details, show notes, and recommendation from this episode. No More Mondays. We drop new episodes every Wednesday. No More Mondays is brought to you by CareerBenders, Inc. in partnership with executive producer Jane Durkee. For more information about career coaching, resume writing, personal branding, recruiting, and entrepreneurship coaching services, visit us online at careerbenders.com.